deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch! Ball game! The Indians have won the American League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Ryan, today we are going to talk a few different topics here on leading off. Of course, this is Dan Cater of Ohio.com, if you don't know that by now, and Ryan Lewis, our Indians beat writer, joins me, of course. Ryan, we're, today we're going to talk about Shane Bieber a little bit, the historically great start that he had on Sunday. We're going to talk about Oscar Mercado a little bit, now that he's finally getting some playing time, and then we're going to maybe, if we have some time left over, we're going to talk about the batting order, because since we did a podcast last, the Indians shifted the batting order around a little bit. They moved Jose Ramirez down. They moved Carlos Santana up. So we'll get into that a little bit, too. But Shane Bieber, Ryan, this was a incredible game. I know the Orioles are bad, real bad. And maybe that's just what the Indians needed in, in an opponent right now. But Shane Bieber pitching a shutout with... 15 strikeouts, five hits, incredible, incredible game. What, what did you think of his performance Sunday? What made him so successful in this game? Uh, well, what made him so successful is just what, you know, he's kind of built uh, in a large way his reputation on, and that's his slider and his curveball. His, his breaking pitches are pretty tr- uh, tremendous, and, you know, his, his real value and why he's been able to be so successful isn't just the movement with his pitches. Um, it's the ability to command all of his pitches in any count, which kind of just gives him an extra layer of being unpredictable. And it, it kind of gives him a weapon that other guys don't have. Whereas, you know, Shane Bieber's not going to be throwing 98-99 in any count, but he's able to command his breaking pitches so well. He had more swings and misses yesterday than he's ever had in his career. Um Almost all of them came with his breaking pitches yesterday. This, those two pitches could, couldn't really be touched. He peppered in his fastball when needed. Um, but, you know, he, he looked really tremendous. It's, he'll tell you, the Indians will tell you that it's only one start. Um, but it's, it's the kind of day that, you know, the Indians have kind of envisioned him being able to have from time to time. And it's, it, it does go a, a considerable way just in terms of showing how important he is not only to the rotation in 2019 but for the foreseeable future you know he and Clevenger are really becoming two of the the biggest bright spots you know Clevenger's out but he had such a great year last year he was off to a tremendous start uh, before getting hurt you know he and Bieber are two guys who are both controllable that are going to be you know paid well under their market value for for quite some time just just with their service time and those two guys are, are kind of the, the stabilizers in the rotation, along with Carlos Carrasco, who signed an extension. You know, it's the, the remarkable thing with this rotation hasn't just been, you know, what they've been able to do as a group. It's how it's how stable they are uh, in in a long term view. And, and Shane Bieber's a, a huge, you know, part of that picture now. And uh, man, yesterday he he really poured it on. And 
Uh, you know, it's, it's the type of outing that you know this club uh, kind of really needs right now with this, this offense still not quite clicking and and uh, Kluber and Clevenger still being out. But yeah, I mean, it was it, it was certainly his best performance, and you know, one of the reasons why Tito and the Indians have talked so highly about him for so long. Yeah, and the the thing that I forgot to be honest with you with Bieber is that look, while it's true that Clevenger and Carrasco are going to be you know, here for a while, we'll see with Bauer and, and Kluber. Shane Bieber doesn't turn 24 until later this month. He's real young still. So he's, I don't know, we, we've seen some flashes of this previously, but not a game quite like this one. It was just incredible. And like I said, he, he doesn't turn 24 until May 31st. He was drafted by the Indians in the fourth round of the 2016 draft, which is, you know, real encouraging, I think. You know, it, it, it's nice to see a homegrown player basically finding success very early in his career still. I mean, Mike Clevenger, I love Mike Clevenger, obviously. He turns 29 this year. Shane Bieber is five years younger than him, so he's a guy that could conceivably turn into one of the stalwarts of of the pitching staff if if he kind of continues on this trajectory of course you know obviously it's one incredible game he's had a pretty good season showed some signs last year i think but boy the future for him boy it sure is bright yeah and he's he's a guy that keto on multiple occasions has talked about how mature he's always been he's always been ahead of his kind of age group in terms of just understanding some things and, and being able to handle some things, being able to adjust, and it's it's really helped him so far. And you know, it's one of the reasons why you know Tito joked last year that in in spring training of 2018, the front office wanted to keep Shane Bieber away from the major league side of things because they knew once Tito saw him, Tito was going <laughs> to want him on the roster all the time, all the time on the mound. So they, they that, that's kind of been the joke that they had they had to, almost had to hide Shane from him. Um, and you can you can kind of see why, and he's you know he's really one of the biggest assets assets on this roster now. Yeah, uh, he really is. It's going to be fun to watch him the rest of the year because he he's off to a pretty good start here. He's got sixty nine strikeouts and you know fifty eight and two thirds innings as we record this here today. And the ERA is just over three, so he's a he's a good pitcher. It's fun to watch him go out there. It's also fun Ryan to watch at least for me. Watching Oscar Mercado, once he gets on base, watching him run and watching him, you know, get from, from base to base, how he gets to first base on a hit, how he moves around in the field, it's just fun watching him play. What do you think of Mercado now that, you know, that the Indians brought him up, he started that game on May 14th, and then they kind of like, they let him sit on the bench for a while and they, they started him again on the 18th and the 19th. What do you think of Mercado first impression kind of thing? Well, they've been picking their spots a little bit, but first impression is, you know, he's he's a, a bit of a lightning rod in terms of how he's able to be used. And uh, he's certainly off to a, a very good start, obviously an extremely small sample size. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's he's handled himself pretty well. It's um, You know, it's there's some things that, that may be a, a learning curve with him. Uh, you know, Tito talked with us yesterday um, before the game about how when you're – a guy like Mercado, and you have that kind of a, of speed. In the minor leagues, you steal because you can steal. In the majors, you steal to help the team. And especially when Oscar's been hitting ninth or least down in the order, 
when you're on first and a guy like Francisco Lindor's at the plate, you don't want to run into outs. Right. So his his green light just may not be on quite as much as it used to be in the minors. Yesterday, uh, he had a bag easily stolen. Uh, so he, he picked the spot correctly, but he, he came up a little bit. He wears like a, a pad um, on his hand when, when he runs. And that kind of uh, you know was, was the difference between being out and safe. But he's he hit the ball well. He's had a couple of, of hard hit uh, lineouts as well. You know when he ha- when when he hasn't been able to uh, get ahead, he's, he's still making solid contact, showing his speed. Uh, he can handle himself defensively. He's he's a really intriguing player, and he's done he's he's done well so far to kind of force the Indians' hand to make sure that you know he's not sitting for too long. But they certainly don't want to overplay it. They don't want him playing every day. Um, there's a, there's a balance there. They need to have somewhat of a a crowded outfield in terms of so many guys that they're trying to get looks at right now um, with Tyler Naquin on the injured list you know they're, they're trying to get an extended look with Carlos Gonzalez who at times has been hitting in the middle of the lineup which we'll, we'll get to mm-hmm. um, so you know there's there, there's some places where, where Mercado can be inserted into the game and, and make an impact but in terms of like a, a starting role when he's when he's been in he's, he's done well so far so the all the people on Twitter with the Unleash Mercado hashtag have, have had plenty of validation so far. Yeah, and look, the Indians are three and zero in the games he started. So well, there you go. Yeah, he he's the best player in Major League Baseball right now, as far as I'm <laughs> right. concerned. Um, no, it, it's just interesting watching him play. He just it's nothing against any other player the Indians have, but he just looks like a a, a different kind of athlete. Like he's just so agile and, and fleet of foot um, compared to his teammates but it's interesting he's down there at the bottom of the order right now and we'll get into a discussion probably in a week or two whenever Tyler Naquin is close to coming back you know what happens with him but for now he's at the bottom of the order at the top of the order of course you mentioned Lindor then you have Kipnis after that things are moving like I said at the top of the podcast the Indians changed around their lineup uh, between last time we recorded, on May 13th, they moved Jose Ramirez down from third to fifth. They moved Carlos Santana up to third. You mentioned Carlos Gonzalez has been in there in the fourth spot. Jordan Luplo has been in there. What is your impression, just generally speaking, of Terry Francona finally making a change to his batting order? Well, is normally he's, he's pretty cautious with with shifting key pieces in the lineup. You know, he kind of talks about wanting to have a, a compelling reason, not just, you know, this guy hasn't done very well for a while, so we're going we're gonna to move other guys around because then you're not just moving the guy who's struggling, you're moving other guys as well, and it kind of creates a, a domino effect. So he really wants, you know, some time um, and a, a more compelling reason. I think he finally reached that point with Jose Ramirez, and it's not out of frustration. It's just wanting to maybe give him a different look. Um you know, Jose has not really been himself this year. He had a week or two where he showed some encouraging signs. Um, he still is at times. He'll have, he'll have one or two good swings a day. He just hasn't really had that consistency that the Indians are used to. So he hasn't really uh, you know, been the hitter that the Indians need him to be. So instead of keeping him at three, they kind of shifted him down to five. And it just it might alleviate some pressure. It might just uh, you know, give him a, another look. And in a way, it's also the Indians taking advantage of the versatility of Carlos Correct or sorry Carlos Santana's skill set. It's something that we talked about a lot when when Santana was here the first time, where he's a guy who can drive and run, 
Uh, he can hit 20, 25, potentially 30 home runs, but he also gets on base at such at, at such a, an elite clip, um, and he's so he's so consistent with his approach that he's really able to be placed anywhere near the top or the middle of the lineup, and he can be an asset. You know, he could he could certainly lead off with his on base percentage. Mm-hmm. He could hit fifth, which is where he started. Uh, the Indians kind of moved him out to third, which is sort of the, the middle point of being able to take advantage of all of his skill sets. And you know, it's just the Indians, it's just trying to balance this lineup, which isn't quite as lengthy as it used to be. Um, you know, for now, Carlos Gonzalez has struggled for the most part. He had a, a nice stretch about a week ago. For some, his you know his production's been a little slower than I think they had hoped. Jordan Luplo has been a man possessed for the last <laughs> two and a half weeks or so. So he's been tr- tremendous in that four spot. You know, when, when the Indians have faced lefties, that, that lineup does look uh, quite, you know, more you know, productive and just a, a lengthier lineup than, than it has in the past. Uh, but, you know, it, with Jose, once, once he starts hitting, you know, he has the, the capability to go on a run like like few hitters in the league can, and he, he maybe move back. But Santana's versatility does give Tito the option of being able to kind of maximize different lineups, different configurations. So they're they're going to try this right now. You know, this lineup, as we've talked about all year, um, you know, it's, it's something that the Indians kind of need to work on, and they need to, uh, you know, try to find some answers that they haven't found yet. Kipnis has started to come around a bit. Uh, he had a, a tremendous game a few days ago. Uh, he's, you know, as we're recording, you know, he's, he's uh, been getting on base every single day. I think it's up to 14 now, if I'm right, and... So, you know, guys have started to come around a bit like the Indians need, not quite to the point yet, but as, as they continue to shift their lineup, they can kind of try to find the ways to maximize it. And, you know, for now it's it's working to an extent, but, uh, you know, not quite to, to where they had hoped, and they're, they're going to continue to try to find that answer. Yeah, just to, to provide some, some numerical context for all this, and because I wrote it down, so I feel the need to mention it quickly. <laughs> The Indians in these six games, since they changed the batting order, they're hitting 245 as a team, which is, on paper, doesn't sound that great, but before that, they were hitting 222 on the year as a team. Carlos Santana's hitting 333 in these six games. Kipnis, who I kind of shredded last week, like you mentioned, he's hitting well. He's hitting 292 in those six games. The Indians are averaging more than six runs a game, which is probably not sustainable obviously because they won't be playing the Baltimore Orioles every game but the first signs of of change is is encouraging for a team that needs it quite frankly they're still a fair bit behind the twins in the central but they're maybe they're coming around I don't know we'll see Ryan anything else before we get out of here for today no um you know just besides the yeah the the twins certainly have not had offensive issues no Um, they are just slaughtering opposing pitching staffs left and right. Um, you know, that's one of the things that we kind of talked about, that a lot's been going right. You know, compared to reasonable expectations in Minnesota, a lot's gone wrong in Cleveland, but holy cow, the Twins have just been on fire so far this season. They've been a tremendous lineup, and that, that side rotation's been uh, been really, really strong. Um, so the, the Indians, you know, like we said, they have their work cut out for them. Um, you know, Tito, they're, they're searching for answers, and um, perhaps they found a few, and they're they're uh, perhaps getting closer to a couple, but that's that's only their hope right now. So we'll, we'll see how things kind of work out and as the Indians try to close this gap. Hmm. 
So we'll see where the Indians stand next week when we're back here on Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. But that is going to do it for the show today. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis. You can follow him. You can find all of his work, excuse me, at over at Ohio.com slash Indians. But thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time.